Welcome and good evening everybody. Uh, it is six o'clock here in the UK and uh, we bring you a very special edition of DMQs. Now, unless you've been self-isolating in a cave for the last year, uh, you will realise, of course, that the world has been blighted by a global pandemic. And as such, the Danger Club can't meet up in person, as we normally do. So, harnessing the power of technology and proving that actors will not be silenced, uh, we are bringing you this uh, remote DMQs. Uh, now, of course, you have myself here, James Lockhart, uh, coming to you live from Danger Towers. And we have our very own Dungeon Master coming to us from another part of London. Hello, Dan. We're doing it live. Yeah, we're doing it live. <laughs> uh, so this is very exciting. I'm so excited about this. This so is excited. wonderful. We've, we, we've really, yeah, we've been we're sort of, you know, racking our brains. This is Dan's brain chart. Well, I think we've all sort of had the idea. It's like, right, what can we do remotely? And, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we've got the ability to do this. And uh, obviously the support of all you wonderful dangerlings who are, who are messaging and saying wonderful things thanks man it is um, so busy in the chat this is amazing we uh, hey alakar hey steph hey blinded sphinx hey yeah. colin hey babble bay dear matt candice nostrick Stu jackson Stu jackson, jackson. <laughs> looks like Stu is a jackson um now you have been very very generous with uh, all of your questions we have lots mm. of questions to pose uh, sort of uh, at the beginning of things um i think just to catch up for those who don't know i hope you're all doing well at home staying safe staying inside we're, we're in full lockdown here in the uk and uh yeah dan how you doing i'm good i'm good it's uh it's very strange isn't it uh, this whole lockdown thing it's um mm. we've been getting used to it gradually i mean i i haven't seen you I haven't seen you in a while, but I've probably spoken to you more than we normally do in our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am playing a lot of Starfinder right now um, yeah. on Roll20. I, I learned Roll20. Uh, we started a game with a few of the Dangerlings and a few yeah. of the Danger Club. Um, and, it, oh, my God, we're having a good time playing through against the, uh, against the Aeon Throne. Uh, on Roll20. It is yep. fantastic. It has been good. Big up Roll20. We're really enjoying that. Uh, it's got the ability to have dug out the old webcam and everything. Uh, mm. It's been it's been a lot of fun. And I think that uh, generally there's the talk. I've been really pleased with the positivity that everyone's showing and the fact that actually, even though we're facing this worldwide crisis, um, you know, people are being positive and they're doing good things. And I've been working out and we're, we're doing things like this. And actually, I wonder how many people are gaming with friends online now. I mean, shout out. I'm, we might talk about it more, but let's do it right at the start. I want to shout out to Club Club right now. So a number of the Dangerlings have gotten together. Like some of you are here right now. Some of you are in the chat right now. Got together to try and organize their own games over Roll20 and, uh, and other online gaming things while they can't meet up in person. It has been named Club Club, and it has now grown to the fact that there is a um, there is a spreadsheet organizing games between Dangerlings, and we've had people coming into the server who weren't already on it just to try oh and organize God. games. It's amazing. You, you guys That's are fantastic. fantastic. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. Thanks, guys. Ah, oh, Club Club. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to think that this is happening across the world, not just our own beloved Dangerlings, but, uh, you know, the the world over, people are, are uniting and, uh, mm. and not letting this get in the way of their D&D or Starfinder or Pathfinder, whatever it is you're playing. It, it's excellent. So we haven't done a DMQs in a while, have we? The last one was the one we did with Colin um, back when we yes. finished Godsmouth Heresy. We were supposed to do one after we finished all of the, all of the episodes with April Hughes in. Uh, remember those way back then, Uncle Gooden's mm. man, um, party and yeah, the, the fake the Gooden band. Avengers. 
The Gooden Avengers. We were going to do one like at the end. We normally do one around Christmas, uh, and then we just didn't have time to to do one. Um, so we're way behind on this. So we've got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened. We do, we do. Um, we've got some uh, some good puns. I'm liking a pun uh, kilted coat. Uh, they could have been an orchestra. <laughs> Excellent. I love my puns. So shall we dive in with a question? Let's shall dive. We, shall we, shall let's we dive, dive in, in with a question. Yes, we dive in there. So I'm going to get these questions up here. Okay. Uh, if good guys, if you want to throw any questions in while we're going, if you want to ask us anything, we're on the Danger Club chat text channel. Throw anything in there, and uh, and we'll answer it as we go. Let's all join in. Let's participate in this thing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, now I think that uh, we should start with a personal question, um, but not too personal because this mm. uh, this does relate very much to Dan. Um, so this is a question from Bad Wolf Bay eighty seven. Um, hey, Steph. hey, and. Uh, Hey, Steph. And uh, she has said, has a campaign, D&D or Pathfinder, ever inspired you to write, want to write a comic about it? Okay. You've already written, you're, you're the writer of Moon, or at least you were. Uh, yep. So you, you are a published comic book writer. Uh, has anything you've ever played inspired you to, to do the same? It Sort of. Uh, and, and weirdly, because I, I, I wrote Moon about 10 years ago, um, and it, it came out, um, it's its ninth anniversary. Actually, today is the ninth anniversary of the release of Moon. Um, happy so anniversary! Two, happy anniversary, Moon. But yeah, my, my follow-up project to Moon was going to be a, it was going to be a, a sort of a D&D themed, a fantasy themed adventure comic. And I actually started a, a D&D campaign, a 3.5 campaign, um, with some friends to um, to try and generate some story for it. Like I came up with a premise and I ran the campaign to try and come up with some ideas uh, of the setup. And uh, and Steve Penfold, the artist from Moon, played in that campaign because he was going to um, he was going to draw the comic, uh, and mm-hmm. he hated it. Um, he, <laughs> St- he, Steve Steve yeah. Penfold hating something. Um, he's a lovely he man. Like, but. He didn't like the idea that you would roll a dice and you might not succeed in something. He didn't like there was an element of luck, and he actually wow. had a very very good idea, which is like he said that all of the skill checks should be based on trivia. So rather than you having to roll a dice to see if you hit someone. You should draw a trivia card out and you should have to answer a general knowledge question. And if you passed it, then you would hit, which is one of the best ideas for a role playing oh game I God. think I've ever heard of. Would, would that be like trivial D&D or something? I think, yeah, uh, I think it would be. Yeah. But the, it was the weird thing. We ended up not doing it in the end because we were just too, we wanted to focus on getting Moon finished. Yeah. But the, the weird thing was that the working title for it, um, we're going to swear on the podcast because we always do, uh, the working title for it was Dragons and Shit because um, I, I wanted it to be like the most like the most sort of just it's about fantasy stuff kind of yeah. title and then we were like we can't actually uh, we can't put out a comic called Dragons and Shit because we can't actually put that on stands yeah. um, so it got changed and it got changed to Dragons and Things and then we just ditched the idea and did it but some of you, you I'm sure will yourself. Know. That's amazing. Well, no, but some of you will know Dragons and Things is the name of a phenomenal and very successful uh, Pathfinder streaming show in the United States. Ah. Really good show. Who are, some of which our friend, our, our friends of the podcast, Ben who, uh, from there, I think it is, um, listens to the show. And and if you listen to this, please let us know you've heard this because we love Dragons and Things uh, on the show. So yes, I nearly produced a comic that coincidentally had the same name um, as a show that I really like now. Um, mm-hmm. That is how weird these things are so yeah maybe one day but making comics is a long process and uh, certainly having worked in the comic industry and having seen the realities of that in terms of the money 
mm-hmm. it's a lot of work to do. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'd have to get things in place to make it work. Is it, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a position that I've never been in that industry. Is it the same mm. as every other artistic endeavour in that the effort is massive and the return is incredibly sketchy? Um, it can depend. Moon did very well. Moon was one of the most successful indie comics Moon's great. Um, Moon's great. in the UK because Steve had a great... Uh, is a great salesman and is a great artist and and really and and I should say I'm not involved in Beyond the Bunker who produced Moon anymore. I uh, I set it up and then I sold my rights in it to Steve. He now runs that um, as a separate company and and publishes various books including Moon. Who and I imagine they are having a bit of a tricky time at the moment. So if you want to help Steve out, BeyondTheBunker.com, you can buy. I'm sure you can order a copy of Moon. Um, or you might drag Steve out of his house to go and post it, and he'll get coronavirus. But um, you know, or you, but you might help him out financially in the process. So it's a, yeah. it's a sort of trade off. It's a gamble. Um, on it's that. a gamble. What is? Um, hang on, we got a copy. Uh, Dweezil wants to know any any Moon characters going to make it into the DCP? Um, none of I mean, them have could... so far. Maybe I will. Maybe I will find a way to get them in there. Um, yeah, there are some fun characters in there. I, I'm pretty sure that one of the characters in Moon was based on drum. Uh, there is a character in it based on drum, yeah. Um, yes. One of the characters, Steve draws from what he knows. Uh, yeah. So he drew so, a lot of characters based on friends and based on uh, people we knew. So yeah, drum is in that comic, um, as a, pretty much as himself, but in a suit, which I don't think I've ever seen drum uh, in a suit. Uh, and I was at his wedding. Um, yeah. But he wore a kilt for that and barriers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, what else do we have? So it sort of links into Moon in that it is from uh, Candice, a.k.a. Musha Saturi. Uh, hi, Candice, who um, helps uh, um, uh, out on the Moon. Uh, she says, I love the regular show, but I also love the specials that you do, including your new D&D 5e episode. Why, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Are there any plans to do more of these with different RPGs? Would you consider doing a Starfighter special? <laughs> Would we, Dan? Would we do that? Um, There's... <laughs> I think there's another one about Starfinder in there as well. We've we've had we've had so many um, questions about Starfinder since we started running this. Since people found out we were running uh, against the Iron Throne off air, and, yeah. and I should say I've been really enjoying running a campaign that is not done for air. That I don't have to worry about making it as a show or, or anything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really like doing the specials. Uh, we've done a few of them, and we do them for sort of different reasons. So we've had sort of like the Plague Stone special. Um, which we did sort of in conjunction with Paizo uh, because second edition was coming out and we wanted to do something for second edition. And and that was a lot of work, but we ended up being really one of the first ever Pathfinder second edition podcasts with that. We put out a podcast the moment the rules came out, which it, I'm still hugely proud of. And I think a lot of people um, enjoyed because of that. Um, and then we did like, we'd done our uh, free RPG day one, the, the Weeby Heroes adventure, which was just to celebrate free RPG day because I got the game and uh, we managed to get everyone together within a couple of days. So we put that out. I like, I like putting out new stuff related to new products when it comes out or related to new adventures because yeah. it's something yeah. that people are interested in at, at the time. And then our, our Christmas special, which was just sort of some fun. Uh, and Sandstone Secret was similar. Sandstone Secret, which wasn't really in conjunction with Paizo. It's just I got the book and I liked the classes and I wanted to do it. Uh, and they've yeah. they've all been sort of similar because they've all been within our world. So all of those games, even the ridiculous Christmas special, they're all kind of canon for the Danger Club podcast. They all take yes. place in Galarian, take place thing. And then we've got the most recent one, which is the D&D special, which is, which is sort of different because Wizards of the Coast came to us effectively um, and said would you make some D&D content and or, or if you make some D&D content we will promote it um, on our social media which you know when Wizards of the Coast say that 
of course you're going to do it because yeah. it's going to bring yeah. new people to the podcast to uh, to listen in on it. Um, it was a lot of work to do it, um, and it was the fact that just because of timing-wise, timing things around the way the main show was going and the way our lives were and Drum having a child um, and it, the drum. world going into lockdown and all of these things, yeah. we ended up kind of recording it in... It was a three-week run where we did... Uh, is it two and a half weeks I think and within two and a half weeks we did six episodes of the regular show we did six episodes of the D&D special mm-hmm. and we did three episodes of uh, a new special which is coming up uh, to do with the main show which is linked to the main show so we put yeah. together a, an astonishing amount of content in a very short <laughs> amount of time so it was a lot I mean, of work loved loved every second of it but yeah I, I'm up for doing some I'm up for doing some other stuff in terms of other RPGs there, there is stuff I'd like to play I'm a big fan of the old uh, World of Darkness RPGs you know I love Hunter the Reckoning that's the sort of stuff that I, I started off playing um, mm. so it would be fun to do those but I, I, I'm also kind of unless there's a unless there's kind of I don't want to say a business reason but unless there's sort of a a reason for the podcast to do a special that isn't linked to the main story then it's hard to find the time for it at the moment because I I kind of want everything we do to feed into this massive world that we're building this this advent our own adventure path in Galarian that we're telling and I like the idea that kind of the stuff that happened out in the desert with um Horace and Slick and um Flash Gordon which I'm sure uh, Ross still hasn't listened to, by the way. Um, really? Yeah, I don't want to call him out on the chat. <laughs> Listen to the Sandstone Secret, you bastard. It, it's really good. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea that, that that takes place in our world. Those characters exist in our world. Um, it is nice. It, I, I think definitely the, the sort of Marvel-esque linking everything into the world is is definitely a good way to go um mm. because not least it gives us backup characters just in case uh, you know mz happens um yeah. <laughs> which we won't talk about let's 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 not talk about that but i'd want to ask you a question so we have been as you mentioned earlier playing this starfighter campaign in our free time to get over the isolation uh, blues yes. uh, how have you been feeling about that because personally i've mm. really enjoyed playing something that's not fantasy based now of course it's all fantasy based but i mean in the in the kind of robert e howard kind of fantasy based uh esque how's it how's it felt to you playing a more futuristic world because it is still galarian yeah i'd be surprised if fulton turned up but uh, yeah it's still the same it is the same universe Uh, i i really like starfinder you know there's a reason that i'm such a a sort of paizo obsessive uh, in terms of you is that and it, it, weirdly, it's not because of the system particularly. I do like the system because I'm I'm a learner and I like a system that has just infinite depth and that I can constantly get mm. things wrong and then research. And like some of you guys on on the, on the chat will know that the first thing I do when a new episode comes out is I go on the chat and I find out the rules we got wrong because I like finding out about that. But the main yeah. thing is that Paizo's creative division are incredible. Like the 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 worlds that they create are amazing, and the Starfinder mm-hmm. universe is no different to that. The Starfinder universe is also really rich. Uh, it, and it as is. soon it's as mad. we jumped into uh, like we're playing against the Aeon Throne, uh, and the the sort of the brief that they do for all of the Starfinder adventure paths is that they're all based on a trope effectively of sort of science fiction so there's one that is a war there's a attack of the swarm which is like a war movie which is like uh, starship troopers uh, there's another one which is a con- the threefold conspiracy which, which is like the x-files um 
and against the Aeon Throne is is kind of like rebels against the Empire. It's that kind of it's all against an evil Empire uh, and being that the plucky underdogs. And you get that feeling straight away. And you you get the feeling of these laser blasts going off and the fact we're doing it on Roll Twenty and we can put some music out there and stuff. Starship mm. combat is a little clunky. That took a bit to go, but we kind of bearing in mind we came up with the idea to do that one day and we played it the following afternoon like uh, you know we we all learned that game in one evening effectively and the one thing that aeon throne does is the very first encounter of the adventure path is starship combat which is the most complicated part of starfinder so it's maybe not the best way to start off it's maybe not how i would start off anyone's first game Mm -hmm. uh, is going straight into starship combat but it's a lovely game i i you know i want to play much more of it and and shout out to nostrix um if he's still in the chat in there who is an amazing there he is uh, he's an amazing gm and had taught me and ross to play starfinder at um at uk games expo last year and then ran another game for us uh, at pisacon uk and just got that love for it going on mm-hmm. um it's oh, it's a wonderful game it is support it is. your local pathfinder and starfinder societies not now don't go near them now stay indoors <laughs> uh, but support yeah. them remotely yeah uh, check out there's great gaming there absolutely absolutely what's next james so dweezel asked um you aren't giving up on pathfinder are you are we giving up on pathfinder no don't worry about that we are not giving up on pathfinder Hooray! Uh, the main show is always going to be pathfinder we, we started this as a pathfinder podcast and the story we're telling you know it kind of has to be because it takes place in galarian and and we've been telling this story for nearly a hundred episodes right now we are on the road to 100 baby <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah road to 100 um catchy catchy I and like we're that. only it's good isn't it uh, yeah. and we're only we've done this and we're only at level five i may be a little stingy with the experience but we've only played um oh, so stingy. we've we've well, only played three modules, on. <laughs> uh, plus a few homebrew ones we i got a reminder the other day that we did the vote for our third module which ended up being master the living god we did that vote a year ago so we spent virtually a year playing around in Tamron and over Master of the Living God. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot more stories still to tell. And anyone who is up to date, we're gonna, I'm trying not to give too many spoilers about everything. But like anyone who is up to date on the main show knows that things are really starting to turn into a bigger story right now. It's really starting to blow up. And we've got a lot more of that story to tell. Uh, yeah. And we're going to be using Pathfinder to tell that. We, I'm not saying we won't use, um, we won't play some other stuff. Uh, like you know honestly if if wizards of the coast asked us to do another little special and and we're going to promote it because of that i reckon we probably do that because mm-hmm. um you know because it's good numbers you know how are you guys do, who has listened to the D special who is uh, the first episode from this week shout out on the chat did if you enjoyed it because because it was responses. really an experiment some of you have it yeah okay Okay, so that's, that's some that's good positivity of, coming through there. That's a lot of positivity there. That's so I like, good. And then MZ from uh, Colin. giving a laughing face. <laughs> Splendid. Thank you, MZ. Uh, uh, good support. Because it was like, because we've done um, with the specials, like I say, we've done them for different reasons, but it's always really been, the reason has always really been because we're, we're going to play something that we know you guys will be interested in because it's new or because mm. it's interesting or because it's tied to the main story. Well, and this is the first time we've done something, you know, because a company has asked us to do it. And we were pretty sure that you would, you would enjoy it. 
but it was just a real yeah. sort of depart a real sort of departure never enough jazz yeah j- if you are listening to it stick stick with it <laughs> like episode three of of, uh, of the D thing i'm not spoiling anything but episode three is a is, is a ross tour de force um who's <laughs> It's so funny in that episode. Yeah. I, I cry I mean, laughing. Actually, and actually, Monday's th- episode of the main show he is as well. It's a good time to be a Ross fan right now. This uh, this does bring me on to a question from Nostrix. Uh, thank you for about that. Um, which kind of links into everything we've been talking about, so we might as well add this in an element. But um, will you do other PF2 specials for books that introduce new ancestries or classes or other cool mechanics to the system? Bring back Jam Jam. Um, <laughs> that was Nostrix saying that, uh, not me. Oh, I've actually become very fond of Jam Jam. Um, he's really cute in a, in a in a horrible sort of way. Um, I love Jam Jam. Jam Jam's one of my uh, Jam Jam's one of my favourite uh, characters in in this in this whole thing. Uh, speaking of, everyone's got famous favourite characters. Leeksy, I'm a, I can't bring Chappie Larue back. Chappie Larue had the most horrible and and final death twice. Yes. He really did. He really did. I think even, you know, some Dallas would struggle to bring back uh, Sir, that guy. <laughs> oh, no, there's rage um, now. Maybe, maybe we'll go to the afterlife. Maybe we'll go, maybe we'll go to the, uh, the boneyard and we'll, we'll bring Chappie back. Maybe. Poor Chappie LaRue. Oh, an awful day he had. He probably wasn't even meant to be at work that day. I think we will do more specials. Again, it all comes down to time. I wanted to try and do one for the, uh, for the playtest of the new classes when that was being run. So the classes that are coming out in the summer for the um, Advanced Player's Guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Witch, the Swashbuckler, the Investigator, and what's the other one? The the Oracle. They're the new classes that are coming out in the summer. And there was a playtest for those in January. And I I really wanted to get a little short adventure together, but it just didn't fit in with the recording schedule. So we we thought best to leave it and then wait until the book is nearly out. Yeah. Uh, And then we'll we'll see if we can do something with it around then. Basically we only you know, we want to do something if it's gonna be of interest to you. And there's there's as entertaining as it is for us to put time in and play something which is maybe not super current i i think you guys would rather we put the time into doing really good episodes of the main show um so it's if we can fit yeah. it into our schedule then that's something that we'll do uh, but, yeah you know maybe that's something we can do with more remote stuff and i think yeah i think we are but human as well and obviously it is the the challenges of getting people around the table that we mentioned earlier about drum and his family and uh, we've all got stuff going on um i think there's the danger of over diversification um yep. and and like you say we don't want to take away from uh, that core the sort of the core cool campaign so yeah yes. okay let's go let me grab a couple out of the chat while we're doing it since we're live yeah yeah definitely let's let's grab it what, what do you what do you want to answer this is your dmqs brought to you live from danger towers and somewhere in london <laughs> where have we got oh uh, mad mad turnip if players want to change things up not just me killing them i've only killed one character all right let's oh not, but uh, you make so much of it dan oh my goodness would you like to see the Danger Club as a continuing, evolving roster, or, or would you stop and do a new campaign uh, a, la, a la critical role? We're only going to stop this story when the story finishes, and the story is not necessarily the story of these five characters, uh, as we learned from MZ leaving the story and the story carrying on with mm-hmm. Bubba. So there is certainly space for new characters to come in and out. Certainly these, there is a point with, uh, it's like that, 
you're a classicist, James. You know, what's the ship? Um, is it Jason the Argonaut ship where every single piece and every plank is replaced on the ship? Oh. Um, and it's like, is it still the same ship if I you mean, replace every part, <laughs> constituent part of it? I mean, I mean, thank you for building me up as a classicist there, but I use the analogy of uh, Trigger's Broom. Um, <laughs> which, which, broom. which, for yeah. those of you who don't know the show, it's from a very popular sitcom in the UK called Lonely Fools and Horses. And there's a character called Trigger who says he's had the same broom for 20 years and uh, you know, he's had 10 new heads and 13 new, uh, new staff. <laughs> still the same broom still the same broom and uh, I think it is that very much that case yeah isn't it? that's uh, you know at what point is the danger club still the same broom if triggers we replace broom. every part Trigger's Broom's getting some love on the everyone chat everyone loves good. Trigger's Broom yeah Ship of Theseus well done Nostrix Ship well of done Theseus that's Theseus. it yeah, yeah I, I, I like new characters and I like changing stuff up and um, you know what L- listen to Monday's show yeah, that's yeah all exactly. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. And I think, I, and yeah, and just linking into that, because I think you've, you've answered it really well, but um, nobody's too precious about sort of stepping away in terms of characters, not actual the, mm. the players, but in terms of characters, you know, because um, who knows? Who knows what might yeah. happen? And, uh, and we want to keep it fresh and interesting. And if, you know, sometimes you might get tired of playing a character. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You never know. Like, do you, I, I do know, you have a backup, James? Here you go. Chris, do you have a backup character I in your do. mind? Uh, I mean, probably drawing on the specials. Like I said earlier, they're quite useful for us because it is all the same world. You can be like, oh, I might play him or play them or whatever else like that. But there is always the temptation to come up with a new character, especially if uh, Pathfinder has just released, you know, like you say, it's one of the new classes. That could be an interesting, rather than having a special for witches, um, actually bring in a, you know bring in a, a, a witch <laughs> no I haven't left in a while um, yeah <laughs> Alakar wants to know uh, previously Dangerlings were allowed to vote on which adventure will be played next it hasn't happened in a this. while with Mars being over are we going to go full homebrew so the plan is because we're on the road to 100 right now we are effectively homebrew for this section there is definitely a plan as to what episode 100 is going to be about some of it may already have been recorded uh, and maybe one day we will tell the story of the incredibly cursed episode 100 recording uh, session <laughs> which needs its own backstory recorded i think it, um, it really does that was that was a that was a day there's that was quite a day but yeah, um but yes we're, we're running up to that and then once we're beyond that the plan is to go back to the voting on um to vote on modules yeah so we we are going to yeah. get back to that once we've gone through some stuff I love involving you guys. I know all the other members of the Danger Club are the same. Like we love that kind of. You've actually got a say in what happens and what we do, and and also, as Dan said earlier, we you know we want it to be interesting and something you you really want to listen to. So if you will vote for a particular module, well, there you go. It's great to be able to to do that, and to and then to 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 look at Dan's furrowed brow as he tries to work out how he can possibly put that into the overarching narrative. But uh, that's great. It's crazy to think how different our story could have been if the votes had gone different ways. I, oh, yeah. I, like, I can't even remember the different votes that were on hand. With there was the, the one the in the desert. Uh, yeah, because like uh, I don't. I think because it's possible we could have never gone to Kermarga and never had that amazing stuff. For the last one, we could have gone. Yeah, we could have gone to Belkson, and there was one about orcs in Belkson, which I think mm. would have fitted. Or we could have ended up going to Assyrian, which would have fitted in, I think, with the sort of stuff we were doing. But mm. would have been Assyrian is. Yeah, you know, hundreds of miles from from Tamron, and doesn't involve Razmir at all. And so our story by that point would have been completely different. It would have, yeah, you know, we'd have still been following some similar threads. We'd still have been creating this wider story. So it's mad when you think of the different ways that our, our story could go. And I, you know, I I love that I have really no idea 
what is going to happen in the Danger Club podcast. I, I know what is happening in the world of Galarian, in our version of Galarian right now, but mm-hmm. I don't know how that will interact with our story as we go through it. And that, that's a wonderful thing. I love that the, the Dangerlings are part of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and highlighting uh, how we all get involved in it, we've got a question from Stu. Uh, yes. Do any of the players, or you as DM, get emotionally affected by any of the events as I have? And f- for personally, absolutely. I think anyone who does role-playing can't help but be involved with the characters that you, you grow to love and to know, the party that you form and things like this. And many's the game we've sat back and gone, you know, blimey, that's... You know, a lot because you get so swept up in the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and how about you, Dan? How how I think for you it's slightly different because obviously you're you're part of the party, but you're also not. So how have you? I mean, we joke a lot about you know MZ and things like this, but how how affected have you been in the past about mm. things that have happened to the group, largely based on decisions that you might have made? Yeah, it's funny because it all kind of comes rushing back in sometimes because we have the way we record and the kind of the. Uh, the personalities we put across when we're recording is, is kind of an- antagonistic you know i i am the dm the evil dm trying to kill you and that's the, that's the kind of the gag that we go with but that is really a heightened version of ourselves i'm not really that sadistic you know um scott's not that angry colin's not that cool colin is that cool um yeah colin is that cool cool. but you know we kind of it's it's always a heightened version of ourselves when we do the show and we we kind of do that sort of thing and then we finish the recording and then it all kind of reality kind of comes back in and especially when it's been a big one like you know when mz died the air just went out of the room after that episode none of us wanted to record again we were just devastated and similarly with um with the episodes about when fulton finds out about his brother it's just whoa that was some powerful stuff and and full credit to both ross and you know colin and and Mm. you know the way that those those moments played out were, were really great and Funnily enough, I don't want to dwell too much on MZ because obviously he has been the focus of a lot of uh, <laughs> attention just because he's been the only death in the party. But Blinded Sphinx has written, mm-hmm. uh, will we ever find out what was happening in MZ's dream now that he's dead? Well, um, well, we may well say. find out that. So um, I'm curious. MZ has a backstory, which uh, which I know of, which I've I, I've read, which Colin, uh, Colin and I had a look at. And there is a reason why MZ was a part of that group that reason has not gone away so maybe mz's past will become relevant to the danger club in the future uh, that is all i can say i don't want to uh, to dwell too much on it but yeah well that's that's interesting yeah just just drawing away from sort of spoilers because you're, you're right to do so mm. uh this this brings up a question from jash uh who yes. says do you take part in the club's whatsapp group and how much of their planning and discussion does <laughs> honestly affect your planning and storytelling just right. how meta are you dan I, um, I didn't even know you guys had a WhatsApp group. Um, like, we have a Slack group that is basically for running the business side of the podcast. We basically use it for organizing records, for kind of tweeting out, sending out links that we want everyone to retweet. Scott will send those around to everyone because he does the, the Twitter most of the time. Or, or like, I'll do rules cl- clarification. Sometimes I'll do, like, a rules dump uh, for yeah. everyone. And I'll be like, okay, so here's a thing that you do. Or, or I'll give you... And I try and give you hints as well because I know that sometimes... Some of you, you know, you don't necessarily have time to optimize your character. If I've had a bit of time, because this is what I do for kicks, you know, if I've been looking through the rule book um, and looking at the druid class or the wizard or something, I, I 
sometimes will be on there and be like, you know you can do this and this if you put these abilities together. That's the thing you could do in, in the next game. Or if there's a tough fight coming up, you know, I'll be like, here's a few things that might you might want to read up on. Here's some chapters that maybe will help you through this. We do little bits like that. But the WhatsApp group, I was not aware was a thing until the D&D special came up. I didn't know that you guys had a secret chat that you had been going through without uh, me. It's not necessarily a secret WhatsApp chat. Because WhatsApp chats are uh, they're about as common as clouds you know they're, they're, mm. there are millions and millions we're all members of, of thousands of you use that app uh, so they tend to be very specific to yeah. something and probably a lesson in why we shouldn't use those is because of uh, something recently we did where Dan had written this beautiful bit of um, backstory <laughs> that we were all supposed to operate on and then uh, we as players totally ignored that and wrote our own incredibly silly little backstory and then um, the look on Dan's face when we, st- when we sort of started introducing this backstory is like I mean, I mean, did you look? Did you look at the thing I put on Slack? And we're like, oh yeah, right, cool, yeah. It's because yeah. you were literally um, like, I, I was like, I was, was like, come up, oh, come up with your own things. But you, you know, you are oh, there. We for, did. Um, we, we did. We can't talk about it too much because it's, it's stuff that hasn't come out yet. But yeah, yeah. It's, I was like, we can't give details. I was like, but fundamentally, you are here to impart this piece of information, um, and then the story <laughs> can progress. And you all basically just hit a brick wall, and we're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I was like, do you want to? Do you want to maybe reread? <laughs> the notes <laughs> like i love this i love this massive long story that you've told me there, there was then a uh, two minute pause while everyone just got their phones out it was like oh yeah oh, oh yeah you said oh that's right yeah we have read that all oh, right cool but you know we we tend to be quite open about yeah. stuff we do there's there's no need to be kind of secret so uh, this is a question from alakar this is hot off the press um, yes. he said i know this has been asked before but you guys are almost 100 eps in now Woo! 100 apps yeah. and have a really good following yes we mm-hmm. do you guys are amazing uh, any plans to monetize and let us support the show yes we have a meeting next week with the danger club uh, with all of us where we're going to meet up online and we're going to talk properly about what the plan is for that but yes mm. the idea is uh, assuming that you guys would like to help support us and help us do more things um, because there is certainly like we're not in this to make money we know we're not going to make money from from podcasting uh, there's very few people who do but having a bit of income would help us do things like replace some of our technical equipment that yep. could do with being replaced and just do little things like maybe you know help drum with childcare so he can get to more recordings and we can do more specials mm. and, and things like that so the plan is to have a look at either a maybe a patreon um that seems to be the sort of the standard um kofi is another option as well and and maybe some merchandising although obviously that's harder at the moment to send any actual physical stuff out monetizing involves its own sort of hurdles we were gonna have to you know we have to do it officially which means we effectively have to become a business so i have to go and talk to a, a bank and company's house and things like that i know people will and I've got people on who've said they'll help sort that out. And we have to sort of change the way we do a few things. But also it means the stuff we would like, we would want to offer, that requires some help. The standard model for if you want to do a Patreon show is to have uh, a second podcast, which is behind a paywall. So you pay a monthly fee and you get another podcast. And that revenue allows you to record more and it allows you to have that second show. Uh, and I think for a lot of us, that would be the dream because we want to make more content. You know, we want to mm-hmm. make more more stuff. Uh, which would be 
really great if we if we can do that um yeah. the trouble is that you can't monetize a podcast based on somebody else's ip without their permission effectively so you need to be an officially licensed show like we couldn't just make a pathfinder show and charge you money for it uh, we would need to actually get permission from paizo to do that we need to become an, a, an official podcast and likewise if we wanted to do a D show or we wanted to do anything like that you'd need permission from the publisher which is totally fair because it's their ip and they're very generous with their community use policies. I think we have a good relationship with Paizo. We're, we're building a relationship with Wizards uh, as well. Certainly any help you guys can do with shouting us out. And you already do. You talk about us all the time and it's amazing. Mm. Um, anything yeah. that bigs us up. Because we are one of the bigger Pathfinder shows uh, outside of the US right now. Um, and I think, I don't want to brag, but yeah, I think we're pretty good in terms of what we put out uh, and certainly in terms of our amazing community we're really good the plan was for me to go to gen con i'm supposedly going to gen con hey alakar he's supposed to be sleeping on my hotel room when we go to gen con um i was going to go to gen con and try and make stuff happen basically on that front that was a a big plan obviously that is all up in the air at the moment mm. um it is possible that could all get called off um if things don't improve in the u.s it is possible thing that could get called off too late for me to cancel my flights uh, and uh, alakar and i will be spending a romantic weekend in indianapolis with no convention happening um, which will still be charming i'm sure we'll go to the I, motor speedway want, we'll take a long walk i would great. yeah i would want live updates from that uh, from your hotel room in, <laughs> all in minneapolis tweets. all the live tweets uh, on all of that so uh, yeah we've got uh, steph has sent a question in for me um, but yes. also nostrix when is the gspca coming to rescue gin well, the thing is, uh, I've the, the, I've got a big beef with Pathfinder, as you know, and the whole drain familiar term. I mean, it's <laughs> such negative language in terms, and it comes up these horrible images of. It always reminds me of the uh, obviously the Dark Crystal is very hot at the moment, but the original film where the Skeksis is like, yes, mm, and they've drained that young Gelfling. Like that's what you think. Um, whereas actually not, I like, I think of it more as a sort of like, you know, it's a Pokemon kind of thing. Uh, and there's so much better language you could use. But also, returning to the question, Jin, um, for a long time, and I might make this long because this is Dan's questions really, uh, was Velda's only friend. So actually, he loves Jin very, very much and treats him very, very well. And in terms of if you could change the name of Drainability for Jin, what would you change it to? This is a question like... Shout out some some other terms that aren't quite so negative. I mean, like infuse would be better. Um, sort of, you know, empower all these sort of like strong positive words. Not the drain, um, leech. You know, <laughs> it's just dreadful. The wording on the drain thing is it's so unfortunate because it's it's all based on the drain item, drain bonded item. Yeah, so exactly, it's, exactly. It's not really referring to a live animal. No, like as a default, you have your bonded item, which is like a staff, and it's called drain item, and it's literally like draining magical energy out of your staff, which makes sense. And then if you take the familiar, it, it literally, it's like one line, and it says you can use the drain ability on your familiar as per uh, as per the staff. Uh, it just God. makes it sound so much more horrible than I'm so sure it's meant horrible. to be. Yeah, I mean, because you just want to cuddle or give him a little... I always imagine, like, tickling him on the chin and boop. Oh, yeah, boop, familiar boop snoot. Familiar. That's what we want. <laughs> Frantic Sock, you should write to Pathfinder and get him to change that goddamn title because it's, it's dreadful. Dreadful. But we do have... Well, I want to return now to DMQs yeah, to because I, yeah. I want to, yeah, sort of uh, return to the point. So, do you guys have a map that all the players can see in DHHQ, DCHQ? Sorry. Uh, mm. You do a great job of laying out the battlefield verbally, but can the players see a layout? 
They cannot. No, we, we do, do not. everything theatre of the mind. And yep. part of that is that's because how we've always played it because we started playing in a pub where we didn't have space to lay any of that stuff out and i've you know i'm i'm old school you know i'm i grew up playing it in playgrounds and uh, and playing it in in back rooms of pubs and little tables and and not really having space for any of that sort of stuff so uh, using miniatures to me as a is not something i've i've ever really done i'm very kind of I'm very lo-fi in in the sort of setup that I want. You know, I, I have as little stuff as possible. I'm not somebody who wants a full set and candles. And I don't even use a GM screen when I'm playing because it most I can't do now because there's doesn't there's not space on the table. Get me a desk, James. But um, the rest, of- <laughs> <laughs> not getting you a desk. Damn I, you. Even, I, Damn I don't you. know what happened to that nice chair. I you found this a old, very fine chair. old nice chair. Somebody left it in the hall. Uh, I live in a uh, lots of other people, and uh, then it went. Um, that was. That was the recordings where I was really small, wasn't it? Because I was hitting it was. on the table. It was really low. It was. Yeah, so we do it all theory of the mind. And I think that works quite well for the podcast because it means everyone has to describe very visually what they're doing. And I have to really lay out exactly. the room because I have to remember that you can't see the map as a listener. So I want us to have to do that description. I want us to have to get it really visual because if we can see what's happening uh, in our minds, then hopefully you can see what's happening. That gets a bit trickier at higher levels when things like line of sight and area of effect and all and auras and stuff like that with Pathfinder. When high level play starts coming in, maps start becoming a bit more useful. And having experimented with Roll20 on this Starfinder campaign, it is something that I'm thinking about. It means everybody at the table having um, their own laptop effectively or a device that they can play it on. And then I would run the map through that and everyone would be able to see it that's yeah. maybe something for the future it we would need um we would need the finances to be able to do it and we would need to know whether it was definitely the right thing and i'm not still not 100 percent sure that that is the way we've done it because no. we've played other we've played first edition campaigns up well into the high teens um level wise without ever using a map other than for really specific stuff so i'm not necessarily sure we need it and i, I quite like that we're quite um visual no, exactly. And I think you make a very good point that it does force us to describe what we're doing because I found that even just the short time we've been playing Roll20, um, you do so much while other people are talking with the tools. So you can go mm. dick, 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 and you can work out line of sight or movement or stuff like this. And it means that when it comes to your turn, yes, it makes it streamlined, but all that kind of uh, thought process and, and questions is, is gone because, yeah. you know, I've already done it. And asking if it makes remembering distances hard. It does. Um but you have to kind of apply a couple of rules to it of kind of, you sort of simplify it to stuff that is sort of short range, medium range, long range, really. And that gives you an idea of exactly where uh, where the ranges are. And to an extent you also do, is it fun, is it cool uh, to apply to it? Does it make sense storyline-wise that this guy is probably close enough to get in that sh- relatively short range spell? Yeah, then he's probably in range. Uh, for yeah. some things, I have had a map in front of me where I have been marking things out, where it's been quite... I did it quite a lot in God's Mythosery where it was it's quite cramped and you're in a dungeon, so it's quite important to know where everyone's standing for flanking and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. so i did do it for that a little bit um and i've usually got a bit of an idea which squares people are in but yeah generally it's you can cheat this stuff um if you've got a good group of players who don't mind and who are focused more on on the story and and what's exciting rather than the actual specifics of ranges then you can do that yeah yeah absolutely so uh, i think returning to a more sort of uh, broad aspect of the game um yes. so we've got uh, just out of fun what is your personal favorite monster out of the pathfinder beastery 
I let me get my phone because I made N- Nostrix asked this and he uh, did it. Yeah. So I, I sat in bed this morning with a coffee and uh, and started listing some of my favourite monsters. We did this actually on the Gosmouth um, one. Colin asked me this question about sort of first edition monsters, but I wanted to pick out some stuff that's in second edition that I really like. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I really like Aeons and I really like Proteans. Uh, we played uh, before we started doing the podcast. We played uh, a module called Beyond the Vault of Stars, I think it's called, which is a 3.5 Pathfinder module where you go to Axis, which is the um, which is the city of law. And it's amazing. It's where Abadar's vault is, which has got a, a co- perfect copy of everything in the world. It's where the uh, it's where the spire, Phrasma's spire that goes up to the uh, the boneyard, mm-hmm. it's where that is. Um, it's this incredible kind of place ruled over by these beings of pure law who are robots and there there's all sorts of different crazy lawful robots wandering around there and there's i think are they called arbiters or heralds or something somebody will know this but there's these little guys who are like little round mechanical clockwork balls with an eye and they've got little wings and they fly oh. around and they're everywhere and we had one of those I think oh we did baxter uh, and it joined the party, uh, which was really fun. Uh, but they were just really good because they're just absolutely uncompromising, focused on the law all the time rather than on um, you know anything else. That makes it really interesting. Yeah. We also had the best player death we've ever had in that campaign, where because um, uh, you, where you ended up at the River Styx and Drummond walked over and found a ferryman <laughs> standing there in the boat. Uh, the ferryman beckoned him, and Drummond was like, "All right, I get in the boat." Uh, and Drum got in the boat. And sailed away with the ferryman. Yeah, uh, and I just had to take his character sheet from him. He didn't. And he, then he, the group had to, having done, they'd done, a, you know, a weeks long quest for Phrasma. And at the end of it, as their reward, they had to just be like, "If we give you all the money back, can we just can we have drum back, please?" Can we, can we get and drum back. Got drum back. <laughs> and I mean, you got no reward. I mean, I'm, I'm not um, saying. And that the proteins are great because they're just creatures of chaos, and they they have no. They're not evil. They just want to mess with the world. They're like the Joker, and they want to set all of these plots in place. And if you're the GM, especially in a long-running campaign, they're really fun because they can do a small thing or they can tempt the players in one small way that sets up just a sequence of events that screws them over months in the future. And and it's just wonderful to play with. Shout out to a couple of second edition monsters that I really like just mechanically. I'm going to let you do this quickly because we're running short time. We've got to go on. The Faceless Stalker is fantastic. I really like the Faceless Stalker in second edition because uh, it's a shape changer, but it can can squeeze. If it makes a squeeze check, it gets to move at full speed. So it can do the Terminator 2 thing where it basically walks over and just squeezes through some bars and goes through the other thing, which I love. Nice. I'm a big fan of the art for the nymph in uh, second edition because it's one of the first times that uh, I've seen that in a role-playing book where it isn't just pure cheesecake art. Nice. In most versions, in old versions, I I, I think sort of some of the books for 3.5 are the best role-playing books ever made. But, you know, the art for the nymph for that and and in first edition Pathfinder are very much like some of the brief has been like, draw somebody you would like to have sex with. Whereas in this, they look creepy and they look weird and they look alien and I I really like that. That's what I want from it. So there you go. There's a bundle of monsters that i really like 
kind of like the elves in Divinity 2, if you've played it. Yes, um, oh, nice, they're weird nice, eyes. Yeah, oh, just weird eyes and, and weird, 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 weird. Uh, now we're going to go uh, slightly uh, off piece. We're going to have some more fun, uh, a bit more sort of like nebulous questions. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, we have, uh, now this is this is a serious question, actually. Being part of an acting community has lent itself to having friends to pop on as great guests and has lent itself to the overall production of the podcast. If you all weren't actors... Do you think you would still have created a podcast? Uh, well, no, first of all, of course, we wouldn't have started this unless we all worked together as actors. But mm. do you think we'd have all started a podcast if we weren't actors? I mean, you know, with the coronavirus lockdown, everybody has started a podcast. <laughs> oh, so, my God, uh, yes. Uh, or a video <laughs> diary or, or something like a GoFundMe. So it's probably I- inevitable. It, it's hard to say. It certainly would have been a lot harder. And I, I think it's one of the things that makes us that sets us apart is that we are all actors and that we are able to and improvisers and and really good you know you guys are are very funny people it's the reason that i loved gming for you for so many years because we, we make all these great stories together so i'm not sure if you would have i don't think it would have really occurred to us to do it or we would have been doing it it wouldn't be quite the same but certainly yeah. having access to so many just really really good performers like you know i i we post it up all the time but big up rachel henley and, and april hughes yeah, for their cameos absolutely. on the show because ah oh, they've been so good james and i were meant to be seeing april's play yesterday and it got cancelled because of everything yeah. which was a real shame because she's a fantastic actor she um, is she is but ah oh, they, they were so good and uh, yeah we're going to come up it's been kind of all over the place storyline wise so it's been hard to get guests in at the moment but i think we're we're due soonish to try and get somebody um somebody new in um, absolutely so we can get as a guest well speaking of that we have a question is there an actor you're a fan of who you would mm. love to have on to voice a character if it were possible now personally if it was a if it was a stars in the sky kind of question i would love to have john mm. lithgow come in and voice a character because i have enjoyed him and his amazing talents he's an incredible actor for for many many years yeah. um obviously you choose to answer it as you wish do you want it someone who's realistic or someone just complete craziness in fact let's have both i tell you who is a i think is a tremendous voice actor and who's been a real influence on me colin wants idris elba i mean he's he's in everything he probably would agree to it to be honest but yeah idris elba's already been in our show he was that guy in the carnivore remember my amazing idris elba impression it was so good it was was like he was in the room yeah Um, it really was yeah no so i would have and this this will make more sense to uk dangerlings i think and although you know blackadder is a big thing um i would have tony robinson Oh, really? Who is yeah. a tremendous actor. You will know him mostly as Baldrick from um, Blackadder, but he's, he's done a lot of things. Made Marion and the Merry Men, which, totally, which I was going to say, just loved it. Seminal, seminal show yeah. uh, here in the UK. But he also did a couple of shows when we were very young, uh, which were on children's TV here in, in um, the UK. Called uh, There was one called Fat Tulip. There was one called Blood and Honey. Uh, and they were storytelling shows. And he would just tell, it was just him telling stories. And then later on, he's the guy who, he was the voice actor. It was him. And then later on, um, I think Nigel Planer did it. Uh, but he did the narration for the Terry Pratchett Discworld novels, the abridged versions, uh, oh, which yeah. were, which I used to go and get all the cassettes off from the libraries and, I, and just rip through that. And I've, I've read read listen to most of those just through listening to the tony robinson one so he is to me in a lot of ways the voice of fantasy uh, and certainly for uh, for common folk 
whenever you're meeting like random people in the street in my head i'm always doing a bit of a tony robinson voice yeah for it. yeah so you know for, so i think that would be that would be my pie in the shy pie in the pine pine the shy pie in the sky pie in the shy yeah. pie in the shy pie yeah. in the shy maybe maybe we won't do the realistic one because that put, that's mm. putting people on the spot isn't it but um but <laughs> yeah, certainly who do we know we, who's famous i think april's the most famous friend we have pretty much but we do yeah we love getting guests on and hopefully we'll have more for the user enjoy in the future um because mm. it always spices things up and uh, i think it really adds a really good element and uh, a lot and lots of fun i'd love to have somebody from like another big podcaster someone from somebody from dragons and things you know um somebody from somebody from glass cannon from critical role for something, something like that be great yeah someone yeah, from exactly. the community i mean you, you yeah you'd certainly be onto a winner wouldn't you a critical role came on you we would but we, you know and we love working with we love working with other podcasts we did uh if you've never heard our guest spot on power word roll great podcast uh yeah. we did a guest thing on there uh, wonderful at, uh, people dragon meat came out start of this year that was really good and yeah. is he still in the chat i think he is, is Stu still there still still there I guessed it on the very of first Stu's still few there. Of course, Stu's there. So there's a he's typing right now. Yeah. Tales from the Twenty Side. Tales from the Twenty Side is a podcast that Stu Jackson produced, and I'm in the first three episodes of it. And it's the first yep. time I ever got to play in a game of Pathfinder Second Edition, and I had so much fun. Uh, those episodes are really good. Go and go and listen to them. They're really fun. Absolutely. And uh, and I think um, we are we are. Starting to come to the end of our time. Um, I think we could run a little bit over because we've had a couple of technical problems. So we we're can going you know, long. we go a little bit long, a little bit long. Um, I've got a very important question here, um, mm. which is what have you got against lamps? Or is it just James's <laughs> lamp you have it in for? Uh, seriously, seriously will, hates my lamp. I'm going to take a picture of my lamp and put it on the social media so you can see my lamp. It's a lovely lamp. It's a nice lamp. He Dan hates lamps. He I hates need a T-shirt it. that says Dan hates lamp. I'm 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 an expressive I GM. I wave my hands a lot. Your lamp is too close. That's the only reason for it. Get me a desk. This won't happen. I have moved. <laughs> will you stop at the desk? Uh, you're not having a desk. Uh, I've right. moved the table gradually more and more at an angle, and uh, and you still you still hit the lamp. I just, oh my god. The lamp will not escape um, me. Do more questions. Let's quick fire some stuff. Let's let's quick fire let's, some stuff. Let's good, answer good, good as much stuff. as we can. I've had a bourbon now. I want to I want to answer as many as possible. Oh my this goodness. Is fun. Okay, so how prepared were you for the DC to go completely off-piste and maybe try and take over the cult, become proper cult members, or maybe even head off to Resmiran, Rasmiran, rather, to take <laughs> on the living god themselves? Or something even more insane? Oh, this question my from goodness. Stu. Yeah, that went all over the place. And someone on the chat during the show asked, like, did you expect did you expect Master Living God to take that long? And I really didn't know, because it's such an open uh, adventure. I... I love Master Living God because it basically it sets up the cult. It sets up. It kind of says, you know, you can just attack the cult if you want, but here's the, what you should try and steer your players to do, which is what he did, which is joining the cult and infiltrating them. And once you're in, it gives you the routine of the cult and how it operates, and and it throws little challenges at you, like the fight in the yard and the the baker uh, and the people pickpocketing outside and little things that will test your players morality and test how far they're willing to go but really once you're in you can spend as long as you want as part of that cult um, mm. just sort of working on things and gradually picking things apart and and, and changing stuff and and like and some of the stuff that happened in there was great i love the way you brought down krant krant's one of my favorite npcs uh, that we had because he's he's so awful and so horrible and um and, and so then, innocent but, of what we managed to get him on. Yeah, like he, he actually like, didn't do any of that stuff. No, he was sort of innocent, but he was also 
he was enough of a terrible person that he still deserved all of the oh, awful yeah. things that happened to him, which sort of made it quite, which made it really fun and really comical. So it could have just gone on and on. And likewise, you could have gone, let's go to Rasmarin. And if if we'd done that, even though we're sort of trying to steer, we're trying to make a narrative and we're trying to, we're trying to find a way to fit these modules in, I think we still could have fitted it in in a way that tells the story of the cult going to Rasmaran. And you are certainly not done with the cult of the living god. If you think that you've gotten away with all of this, you are very much mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we certainly tweak that nose. Oh, I will be talking personally to Jason Bullman at some convention this year about how that we get them to come back at you for this. Definitely, definitely. And now we've got a couple of earthy questions coming in. Yes. So we have, uh, first of all, which bourbon are you drinking? Which bourbon am I drinking? I'm drinking some Woodford Reserve. Thank you very much. It's left over Ooh, from Christmas. Nice choice. I'm, uh, yeah, personally, I'm, well, I'm going to get Dan talking. I'm going to grab my own bottle of bourbon. Which are you is, making um, a, are you going to make an old-fashioned? No. Ask me a, right, ask me a question off the list and then you can make an old-fashioned Well, that's what I, I was going to do. I wasn't just going to okay. disappear half a, you're, no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, it's like being on the air with Melvin, Bla- Melvin Bragg. Right. Melvin, Black. Um, Melvin Black. So we've got this. I mean, I'm not sure this question is going to be long enough. This is from our very own Colin. Uh, if right. the DCP was a bag of crisps, what would it be? What, Colin? Ask a better question. <laughs> we've got a whole list. They've, the Danger Lizard have been asking questions all day. There's definitely some in the email I've sent you. Like, there's definitely no, a better there is, there question is. than but, that. But, but just, just while I'm finding that question, what, what would it be? What What's... What bag of crisps would it be? I think it'd be Prawn a fairly cocktail because you stink. Oh, <laughs> this is getting. I think someone's had too much bourbon. Um, <laughs> Prawn I'll cocktail. Tell you when I've had enough. I think. Do you know what? I think it would be one of those new sort of Walkers Max kind of chicken wings, <laughs> hot, spicy, take you by surprise. They're full of chunk. They're full of. They make you feel satisfied and also kind of naughty, and they leave your mouth burning. Uh, that would be. Uh, the Danger Club. But we do have a question from Robin Guyver, which has come through here. Yes. So if yes. the game world magically began to run itself, what character would you roll to join the Danger Club as a player yourself? What do they yeah. need and what do you want to play? And this is assuming we'd let you join the club. This is I mean, <laughs> I mean what, do you, what do you need? You need a cleric. Let's be honest with you. you need we, a... we do need a cleric. Right, so characters I would like to play. You can hear a lot of them in the Sandstone Secret because I made all of the characters for that that everyone ended up playing and a lot of them were characters that I would really like to have played myself Slick Slickly Bickles as he ended up being called the um, the Hobgoblin Hell Knight was was a build that I'd been wanting to play for ages because I think he's really really fun a cleric of Asmodeus who is neutral so he's not evil um, he's a Hell Knight but um you know, but he's not quite as in line morally with all of them. So he's got this sort of absolute morality, but he's I not mean, evil. I mean, Hell Knight um, is so metal. Uh, I think the, Hel- and the Hell so Knight is so Pathfinder. But then Colin did such a great job with him uh, that, you know, no one could ever be could ever be slick now. Uh, and Flash Gordon, was that a little bit the Leshy Paladin? Because I really want to play a Leshy. And then I did yeah. in Tales from the 20 side when we uh, when we played that. Uh, I finally got a chance to actually um, to play a Leshy, and and it was tremendous fun. I even took the harmlessly cute trait because that's yeah. just really fun. And the, the, weirdly, the one we didn't get to play in that because we didn't have four players, which was a uh, a lizard folk, and it was a Mugambian sorcerer using divinity ma- uh, the divinity um, spell pool. Uh, the Mugambian are really interested. They mix Arcana and Primal, so they have multiple types of magic that they use, and they're, they're very Jedi. They're very kind of about balance and peace. 
beasts, but they're also uh, and knowledge, but they're also really powerful wizards. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like the Uruxi, the um, the lizards in in second edition. So that's a very a couple of real pathfindery things that I would love to play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to play more second edition. I've, I've got so many builds. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, funny enough, actually, another question that has come from Stu. Uh, how yes. do you come up with the episode titles? They <laughs> are very funny. Sometimes really easily. Sometimes it takes absolutely ages. And you can't really put a placeholder thing in because it's actually really hard to change episode titles in Podbean because you then have to go through and change the URL uh, that it generates for the episode. Otherwise, it messes up all your social shares. So really, you you don't upload the episode until you know what your title is. So I spend a lot of time coming up with puns. I spend a lot of time on like IMDb or going through, scrolling through Spotify or something like that, trying to find like song titles to come up with pun names for. Some of them just jump right out. Some of them are really obvious. And some of them are just, uh, I, I'm very proud of. And sometimes I bounce them off uh, other people and come up with ideas. There are a couple of rules, like if we come up with an episode title in the episode, like sometimes we'll come up with a really good joke and we'll be like, haha, episode title. I never actually end up using that for the episode title because I always kind of feel like if we've done it in the episode, that then that joke's got to laugh. So yeah. putting it as the episode title, you're doing the same joke twice. So it's a chance to do another laugh and have another joke somewhere else. So I try and do something different for that. And I try never to have a spoiler. Certainly for the episode, sometimes they can be they can hint at stuff that's happened earlier on. Maybe Dial M for Murdered gave a little bit away as to what had happened in the previous episode. But <laughs> I just really enjoyed that pun, so I, I kind of had to put that one in. I think it's fair. All right, what have we got left? Find us a, uh, a few more questions, and then we'll get out of here. Who would play the Danger Club and some of the significant NPCs in the Netflix version of the DCP? <laughs> <laughs> we always tried to talk about castings in it, don't we? I think my favourite one still was um, was Jonathan Banks from um, Breaking Bad and, um, and Better Call Saul as, Chap- as Chappie LaRue. That was just one I could really envision. Just a tiny a f- version of him. <laughs> with a French accent, I just... <laughs> I, I just absolutely loved. I, I thought that was a uh, a really nice one, and he'd be a hell of a get. R- who would play Velda? He's getting a bit old for it now, but uh, maybe a uh, young Steve Buscemi be quite a good call. Um, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody along that ilk. I mean, I don't know who'd play Shania. Or some of the other characters. No they one have can to play Shania No one can play Shania It's the part that's kicked around Hollywood for years and years, and no one's no one can take it on. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the thing. So I think in sort of conclusion, the the future is looking bright for the Danger Club, despite all the ongoing crises and things. Do we want to talk a little bit about what the plan is for what we're going to do to keep this this show going? I think we could. Candice did ask this, and uh, I thought, you know, it'd be a nice way to finish off to say how we're going to manage recordings going forward if the lockdown continues. Um, Is it going to have a negative impact on the podcast? Or are you optimistic Mm. that you can overcome any obstacles? And to continue delivering the top quality content we need right now. Thank you so much, Candice. I'm glad you think that. Um, Bless you, Candice. What what do you think, Um, Dan? She's just saying that because I'm giving her a level up in Starfinder when we play tomorrow. So, yeah, the plan is we are going to keep going through all of this. I'm not 100% sure exactly how we do it just yet. There are different podcasts that are coming up with different ways of doing it. Ones that record remotely, obviously, are still recording remotely. Uh, Some shows are pausing their main campaign uh, and doing sort of backup stories for a little while while they do remotely so that the, the audio quality is similar. The way we are running, we have got, I think, another six seven weeks uh, of episodes uh, yeah. already recorded in the studio that we can put out uh, that's not including the the um 
the D&D special, which will come out on Wednesdays. The main shows still keep coming out on, on Mondays. Once we're there, yeah, we're, we're going to run out before the quarantine's over, almost certainly. But yeah. we're going to look into doing some remote recording. We're going to yeah. keep putting something yeah. out every Monday until this is over, until we oh, can yeah. be back in the studio and we can bring you this story. Whether we keep doing the Danger Club podcast main story every single Monday, uh, recording it remotely and putting it out, maybe we do that. Colin is magic on the editing. Like Colin Colin can make really bad audio sound great. It will sound better than this episode will because I'm editing this one. Uh, Or or whether we do a new campaign and we do like a, you know, we play something else for a few weeks. We'd love to hear your ideas if you want to sound off and and tell us what you think we should do. But yeah, we're going to keep bringing you an episode every week uh, until we're back in the studio and then we'll be right back on it. Well, I think that brings us to a a close of, I'd say, a very successful uh, DMQs. Uh, The first one we've ever done remotely. Thank you so so much to our resident dungeon master dan Yay! <laughs> uh, without this uh it, it couldn't have taken place and uh not not getting too soppy but it was dan who started the original D campaign all those years ago <laughs> and who employed us at uh, a certain london attraction uh which uh, brought us all together in the first place and uh there is no one more passionately committed to this project than dan so thank you so much for your continuing <laughs> efforts thank you for coming up with all the great stories that you do uh for the for the great dming it, it's challenging at times especially with us thank you so much dangerling somebody's just put up a thank you bloody sphinx that's great oh um, my god but this has but, been so much fun everyone coming in it's, it's, it's been, been so, so much fun and it's so nice to do something where we can actually get you know your feedback and speak to you directly it's like you're here in the room with us and honestly my second huge thanks goes out to you guys because without you then we just wouldn't be doing this podcast and we really really do i know we we're kind of effusive with our praise, but we all mean it. We we think you are the best, and it's it makes all of our hearts glad, especially in these tough times, to know that we've got such a wonderful, wonderful group of listeners who support the show. So thank you so much. Doesn't need to be said. Tell your friends. You know, we're on all the major platforms. Keep coming up with your wonderful content. Keep sending us your questions. If you've got any ideas of how what you'd like to hear from the Danger Club in these in these troubled times, do shout them out. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do something where we get some real interaction we going. We do our best to make them happen. We really will. This has been James Lockhart of the Danger Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, stay safe out there. Follow government guidelines. Keep washing your hands. And we're all going to get through this together the Danger Club way. Thanks, guys. Sleep well. Bye. Bye.